Welcome to RS6 Society, a podcast series where researchers from King's College London and people with lived experience explore together how social factors contribute to mental health problems. For this four-part series, we're doing things a little bit different. This is a Reach Young Persons Takeover. We'll be discussing all things related to mental health and young people. I'm Karima. I'm Adna. And I'm Tashu. And we're all Young Persons Community Champions on the Reach team, bringing you the four-part series. REACH stands for Resilience, Ethnicity and Adolescent Mental Health and we've worked with over 4,000 young people to help us understand the best ways to promote good mental health among young people from all backgrounds. REACH is also interested in exploring the potential impact of COVID-19 pandemic on young people but most importantly, what things help young people maintain good mental health during this time and the next steps to help young people thrive post-COVID. We'll be joined by some very special guests during this series, discussing issues that are important and relevant to us. This episode will focus on culture, ethnicity and young people's mental health. When we think of culture, often we may think of diverse languages, clothing and even different kinds of food. However, an individual's culture can also impact their beliefs, norms, values and opinions. With this in mind, culture can further affect views on mental health mental health, help seeking, and what kind of support is sought. In our previous episode, we discussed the stigma around boys' mental health and the ways we can attempt to address this stigma. In this episode, Jonas and Lucas will give us an insight into their thoughts of culture and mental health too. Do you guys believe that like your culture or background, talking about your mental health is harder? Um, Definitely, I think... Um... In different cultures, views on masculinity, especially, they do vary. Um, so I know in like a lot of ethnic minority background cultures, a lot of African cultures as well, um, the men and the boys are meant to be seen as like a lot more like stronger and um, far less emotional. Um, and I think while culture does play a huge part, like I think it's sort of the same, the same, I guess, beliefs and the same, I, if we're talking about specifically the same toxic views on masculinity and what it means to be a boy or a man they exist but in different forms in different cultures but the i think the general idea is remains the same that the guys are sort of meant to be not like lack devoid of emotion and not meant to really talk about mental health um so i guess that does bleed into like a lot of different experiences with culture. Um, I know a lot of my friends from the same background as I am from like Afro-Caribbean backgrounds, for example, would have never been able to like properly talk about their mental health in a way that's deeper than like, oh, I'm doing good or I'm not doing that great. Um, Purely because there's such a large stigma around like, poor mental health like in in these cultures like it feels like mental illness and poor mental health is almost like 
something that's wrong and something that's like uh, something near to a sickness basically um but i think over the past like year and a half two years um i think it's something that i've experienced and that i know a lot of my friends of the same background as i have experienced that um there's been more of an awareness and it's becoming easier to talk about it um so yeah that's just my sort of view from an african slash caribbean um background yeah i think that is the same with a like latin american background as well because whenever you're talking about culture you're not just talking about the culture itself of like your country and like your national dish you're never talking about that you're also talking about specifically your support structure and how when you always rely on people from the same country and the language that they use your family members that sort of stuff and um what 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 usually happens is for example from a latin american standpoint they don't talk Hola. about that they don't talk about that they use if you're if you're depressed and your room is a mess they they don't say hey are you okay they don't check up on you they tell you they it's more of a dismissal it's not so much as stigma around it is oh no you're just lazy pick up your room if you, if you're <clears throat> if you're having a hard time with your mental health because of xyz they tell you oh no it's just they think about mental health more as an attitude something as you can that you can control not so much as something that is not an illness but something that affects you that you have no control over it's not just a point of view it's not something that affects you deeply and uh, yeah i think i completely agree with what jonas said about how it's just the same issue but in different forms i think that is very true but i also have some like hope because now especially with like our young, with the younger generations we are creating our own culture through the internet and through the space that we create so that stigma around mental health is like slowly decreasing by us creating our own safe spaces online so i don't know it just i think it depends on who your support structure is and at first of course it's difficult to talk about it especially when your family dismisses it or thinks it's an illness but let's while it's you start trusting onto your own people so then culture kind of takes a back point a uh, back point back stand becomes less important yeah i 100% agree with you i've had people i've had conversations with people from like um same background as me who are like older adults and they've said to me like oh young people can't have like depression because they're so young like what's there to be sad about like very like I don't know traditional I like especially African ideology that like maybe you're you're just lazy you're just faking it or you know what's there to really you're so young like you can't film or set up a way yeah i definitely hear that um in terms of like your age it really it really dictates how um people in like people older than you and like parents and like uncles and aunties like how they sort of view mental health towards you um because i feel like like karima said especially in the african background it's like um well you're so young, um, we've provided X, Y, and Z for you. You have no reason to be sad. You have no reason to be like depressed. And it 
is is very dismissive and it doesn't tackle like what the root of the problem is it just like almost treats it like lucas was saying treats it as an attitude rather than something that's like a problem within yourself completely and what you guys are saying about like your age affecting how others view it i think that especially with like other minorities and or families that have gone through hardships your parents compare their situation with you saying oh no you can't be sad i had to do this that and this you when they when they don't realize that their dismissal of their own mental health they're unloading that onto you and just making it worse altogether they think that because you have you live in a first world country and you have running water and you have um a roof for your head you're not thankful for that and still be depressed and still have mental health issues they they just because they started to dismiss it or thought or dealt about it in their way as an attitude they think that it's okay for them to unload it onto us and that's what i think that most of the time they think they think it's an attitude because they had to deal with it that way I 100% agree with everything, every point. I'm from the Caribbean background, but every single thing you guys said, I believe is true. For example, what you just said, Lucas, about um, the fact that they had to struggle more so we can't have mental health issues. I can definitely agree with that one. Statistics show that Black people are 40% more likely to access treatment through a police or criminal justice route and less likely to receive psychological therapies. They are more likely to be compulsory admitted for treatment more than their white counterparts. To discuss this further, today we have Nathaniel Martin with us. Nathaniel, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Hi guys, good to be with you both. Um, yeah, so my role at Kings and Black Pride is as a community research coordinator, which uh, sees me coordinating and looking into issues that affect young Black people in Lambeth. And one of the first pieces of work that I'm looking into and coordinating is a, a stop and search project, which seeks to understand their implications on mental health of stop and search on young Black people whilst also working with the police, local young people and other community stakeholders to design training um, for the police around their conduct um, with young black people in Lambeth, while also working with community members <clears throat> to deliver training and create training for them that would help them support young people that they're working with in their interactions and relationships with the police. Um, yeah, that's my role at Kings and Black Pride. Wow, honestly, you are making a difference. Um, my next question is, I know Karima mentioned briefly some statistics. How did these statistics make you feel? They make me feel quite sad, particularly when I um, think even further into um, the events of, of poor mental health and where they lead to in terms of suicide. Um, we know that <clears throat> men are more likely to commit suicide than women. Um, and again, that leads that comes back to poor mental health. And I really am passionate about changing the narrative and bringing about greater awareness to young black people in particular, young black men um, around developing their awareness of, of mental health, poor and good mental health, 
and um, really wanting to equip them to manage their mental health as best as they can and also signpost them to um, services um, and safe spaces where um, they can have their mental health um, addressed in uh, with experts and people that they can trust. Putting words together like compulsively um, and for criminals, to me as a, as a, as a person of um, an ethnic background, I feel as though that creates this stigma. Mental health is often associated within the black community uh, with jail, prison and crazy people. Um, and I feel like the stigma is, in, is really, really bad for ordinary people like myself that want to go and um, seek mental health support for everyday anxieties or even things like depression and such because it paints you out to be this crazy individual. And once, once you've gone over that internal conflict where you think, oh, my values are, and you've stepped over that and you've decided, no, actually, that's not really true. You have to then face all everyone else that believes that, who is in your um, internal network, who is in your family, your friends, and so on and so forth. And so you, even if you've gone over that struggle yourself or that conflict internally, you've got other things, other conflicts to deal with externally and that's quite difficult for someone who does have mental health uh, who is in need of mental health support um these sixties make me feel incredibly sad but entirely if i'm being honest they're not entirely surprising 40 percent more likely they i mean it does make sense because i feel like from the very very get-go people from ethnic communities um ethnic communities and people from white communities are encouraged to do completely different things while white people are um people of white background are told to express their emotions express their feelings i feel as though in, in my opinion i feel as though black black people and ethnic minority group people are told emotions and your feelings are not the most important thing there are more important things that are, should be put primarily and i feel like those values are different from the very get-go which obviously make for different outlooks on things and different um approaches to things like mental health and so yes black people are less likely to go um and seek mental health support themselves because being forced to do that because you're a criminal is accepted now what's not accepted is that you as a as a as a as a person within society to go and tell yourself actually i'm gonna go need get that support that i need because it's not it's not how you've been raised and it's not who you are and it's not who your family accepts and that is the harsh truth of it all. So yes, stigma is the main reason, I think. And so yeah, these statistics are quite sad and are not quite supportive of um, young ethnic people um, with mental health, mental health disorders or issues that need support. I totally agree. As a young Black woman myself, the statistics make me feel very upset also as us Black people don't feel like we can talk to anyone. So yeah, I hopefully it does change, but the statistics does make me upset also. So my next question is, do you believe that depending on your culture and background, talking about mental health is harder? And if so, why do you think that's the case? Uh, yes, it 100% is more challenging to talk about mental health depending dependent on your culture and background. Um, I come from a uh, Jamaican background. I was born here, but my mum and grandmother were both born in Jamaica. And um, 
mental health isn't really spoken spoken about in the Jamaican context. Um, it's that's changing a little bit now, but um, due to Jamaica's ties with Christianity and religion, not saying they're bad. I'm a Christian myself, but um, mental health can often be sort of be missed and labelled as um, some kind of spiritual sickness. Um, amongst well, that happened amongst my family and, and my, my Jamaican family anyway. And I know that happens amongst many other Jamaican Caribbean people um, and African people too. I think uh, my time being born over here as a, as a British black man um, has changed my availability to talk about these things um, and understand these things. So I, I think it's great that there's opportunities to talk about these things now. But, um, yeah, when, when my mum was growing up, I know that she didn't really, mental health wasn't a part of her vocabulary and it certainly wasn't a part of my nan's. Um, but, yeah, I think cultures play a big part in it. I think we are waking up to that now with, um, in 2021. Uh, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, um, there is change happening, which is good, but there are definitely some, some challenges. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm from a Jamaican background also. And I feel like it's very hard to talk about mental health. It's something that's seen as, like you said, not normal or spiritual, like something what's wrong with you. And um, yeah, so I think it is very hard, but I do agree that it is changing and it's a thing where a topic where it's more able to talk about now. It's not seen as not normal. And yeah, but my next question is, as statistics suggest, ethnic minority groups may have a higher risk of mental health difficulties, but are less likely to seek mental health support. Why do you think this is the case? Uh, loads of reasons. I think when we look at the treatment of Black people and other ethnic minorities in mental health services, um, the reports are, are, are shocking. You know, we know that. Black people are more likely to be sectioned than any other ethnic group um, in the UK, at least, um, despite only making up 3% of the whole population. Um, so that there's clear disproportionality there. Um, and yeah, I think about my own experiences um, with my family's mental health issues and um, not, re- not reporting mental health issues to mental health services was, was sometimes seen as a way of protecting um, family members, because um, yeah, it was very visible to to see the pathway that that led to. It wasn't a pathway of recovery; but it was a pathway of of um, being stereotyped as a crazy person um, and never really getting the true and proper help. Um, yeah, so I think that in order to make sure that uh, Black people are getting appropriate mental health support. Um, we need to ensure that those delivering um, these mental health services are taken into consideration um, the cultures of those they're interacting with. And particularly when I think about London and how diverse it is, and yeah, that the high population of Black people in, in, in London, I feel like London practitioners um, need to get a, a sense of the people that they're working with and people that they're treating and, and just trying to develop some empathy and understanding as to um, why going into that service might be difficult um, for a Black Caribbean or a Black African. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I feel like 
there's a big taboo about mental health, especially in the black community. And I think, I feel like, I think it's a lot culturally, it's a bit, culture is a big factor as to why a lot of people don't seek help. I know that a lot of people I've spoken to, some of my African friends, Caribbean friends, they tell me how like their family see like mental health problems as like a Western thing that was just made up. And especially with mm. young people, they feel mm-hmm. like we're just making it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them don't quite quite understand or, or want to understand it because they've gone through life without the without the vocabulary sorry without the vocabulary that we have and without the yeah just the, the knowledge that we have. Not saying that they were um, they were less knowledgeable per se, but I think these types of conversations just weren't have were happening then. And I think that they always try and combat it by saying that they dealt with worse than we have. Yeah. Um, which I was, I, I understand to a degree, um, but yeah, that I think whole cultures that we're living in now, as like second, third, fourth generation Black British people, um, yeah, I think yeah, things are very different. Um, things are very different. That, that things have improved, but there's still def- definitely difficulties for Black people in London and in the UK. So my next question is, do you think that COVID has impacted mental health, specifically even the Black community? No doubt, 110%. Um, I don't mean to sound excited when I say that, but it's just such a stark reality. Um, when I think about it, when I think about my own mental health, when I think about um, what I see on social media, when I think about some of the young people that I've interacted with, as we've gone through COVID and coming out of all of the restrictions and lockdowns. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been hampered. I think that the increased level of isolation um, for, for people definitely affected mental health in a bad way. And now, um, as lockdowns have been restricted, have been open, like finished, we're seeing that. I, I know that I'm seeing and aware of conversations that I'm having with Black people about the anxiety of going back outside and meeting out with other people. Um, the distrust of um, of the vaccine, the COVID nineteen vaccine, amongst the black community is still very strong as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of factors that play um, regarding COVID and, and mental health. But sadly, I think it has been yeah affected greatly. Do you think that it um, encouraged conversation within ethnic minority groups? Yes, because there was a time. Where we could, didn't have anything else to do. Um, everybody was at home, um, or majority of people were at home, um, were working in different ways, or learning and studying the students in different ways. And so we had a lot more time on our hands. So I think a lot of what people were potentially hiding from had to be dealt with and had to be addressed. Um, yeah, it has, it has encouraged it for sure. Um, definitely has. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you're saying, especially with the fact that you're saying about the vaccine amongst the black community is very seen as a negative light. And yeah, so I understand completely what you're saying. My next question is, how do we make an environment that is, makes it easier for the black and ethnic minority community to talk about their mental health and seek support? I think one of the most powerful ways I think that will happen is is uh more the younger generations uh trying to develop their knowledge 
and skills so that they can become black practitioners in their own communities. So I think seeing more black <clears throat> mental health practitioners would encourage uh, black communities to know that there's spaces for them to go which are being run and held by people that look like them. So there's definitely ways to, to develop trust through developing practitioners. But even as just ordinary people, I think that there's still room for us to educate ourselves um, and uh, talk and have conversations, you know. I think it's important to try and find safe spaces and create those safe spaces. So whether that be um, at school with school counsellors or, or teachers that, that young people trust or in sports clubs where black people are attending, different social settings. And even amongst friends, like it's, it's quite difficult sometimes to, sometimes it can be a difficult conversation or subject to bring up. But um, uh, people value honesty. I, I believe that they do. And I think it's important that once you're honest with yourself, then other people can learn from that and be encouraged to be honest with themselves as well. Um, so having conversations amongst your peers is, is also a great start. Um, uh, I think there's so many other things I think I'm definitely supporting everybody to try and get um, mental health first aid trained there's um, loads of availability or free courses around um, it's, I've, been on, I've been on it twice particularly um, with the course that's geared towards young people um, and it's definitely helped me in having conversations and being confident in, in, in talking about mental health particularly around suicide um, because I, I think yeah, we need to be thinking about preserving life and making sure that people are healthy mentally and um, not just physically. So developing practitioners, um, having conversations amongst your peers, um, thinking some of the work that I'm doing, we're, we're pressing systems and, and, and challenging them as to the way that they currently operate. Um, so I mentioned earlier that um, the police uh, will be do, delivering training to the police. I design that with young people because of the disproportionate amount of stops and searches of young black people in London and in Lambeth. Um, mental health institutions will also need to be challenged through, this, through the statistics that are coming about through ethnic minorities um, in mental health services as well. So I think there are organisations out there that are yeah, providing big challenges to, to big systems and um, are winning, you know, are getting there, are making their voices heard up prioritizing the health of, of black people and um, long may that continue until there's a point where we don't need to do that anymore because we live in an equitable and fair world. Sorry for the rant. No, everything you said was honestly true and eye-opening for many people. Um, I have no, any, don't have any more questions. Karima, do you? No, but honestly, this talk has been so insightful. It's really great hearing what you want to do for the black community because I feel like a lot needs to be done. Mm-hmm. We're all on this journey together, but thank you. Thank you to all of our special guests who have participated in sharing their views during this four-part series. Tune in for the next episode. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>